Welcome to the Sunday Night Showdown. With your host, Mr. Money on the Mic, J.J. Just when you thought it was safe to turn on the old traveling show, look who's back in Often attempted to be inundated, but always the original boomer, Miss Boom Boom Spectre. Are you ready? No, I said, are you ready? The Sunday Night Showdown begins now. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a special edition of a podcast right here on SundayNightShowdown.com. Of course, you've got me, the incomparable, the always duplicated, but never actually fully imitated correctly, Mr. Money on the Mic, J.J. Sexday. And, of course, I'm being joined by my producer and my co-host, none other than, ladies and gentlemen, Internet Dave is in the house. Well, thank you very much. Ready to go again here as we do our once-a-week non-pay-per-view shows and what the news of the week is and talking about it and giving our thoughts on it. You know, I want to start things off by, you heard the opening, yeah, that was M.O.P., ladies and gentlemen, that was their song, Anti Up, which they're claiming that John Cena and World Wrestling Entertainment have ripped them off. Now, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I don't really see that. I mean, granted, the intro to that song is similar to John Cena's intro, but that's where the similarities... Uh, end, and I really don't think that the WWE is in any any major danger of getting sued, because let's face it, these guys obviously, they're they're like a 90s rap group, who obviously haven't done well for themselves, and see that John Cena is capitalizing uh, with his own version of a song that I don't really think that he stole, and ladies and gentlemen, I hate John Cena, so for me to like stick up for him is, is absolutely insane. But I don't think these guys have a leg to stand on. I mean, they're like Zach Gowan in a in a ladder match. Not a leg to stand on. Oh boy. Oh boy. We're gonna start we're gonna start that stuff already, aren't we? We uh, are <laughs> You know what? if this was my intellectual area and I heard it for the first time I don't know if these guys are wrestling fans or their friends are wrestling fans or whatever, but I'd be kinda mad. I mean the thing is, is that is it John Cena and Trademark's original? Is it MOP's original? Is it could somebody completely different's original? But at the same time, yeah, so if, if it was my original, I wouldn't be very happy about it. And I would say, well, how did you get this so you could use it and you didn't get my permission to use it? But at the same time, why you wait three years? Cena's been coming out to this music for three years. His album's been out at least two or three years, three or four maybe now. And the timing 
is going to be uh, what WWE is going to use to their advantage here, I think. Well, look at it this way. This is where I'm not going to be TC on the program. I'm going to tell you why it's coming up now, Dave. Somebody's broke. Somebody needs money. Obviously, they don't have enough change to scrounge up a 40 on the corner store, so they need money. They figure, hey, that's our song. We should sue the WWE and John Cena. That's where this is coming from in my in my humble Opinion. Oh yeah. And again, I'm not. I'm not being politically correct, but you know, it's just my opinion. <laughs> just saying. Well, how do you think it's going to turn out? How do I think it's going to turn out? Uh, they go to court. Uh, this guy that can't scrounge fifty cents to get anything like a package of gum or anything else isn't going to have a good lawyer. And uh, Jerry McDivitt is going to throw something out, and uh, the judge is going to be forced to basically say no contest. Uh, your claims are. Erroneous uh, case dismissed. That's that's what I see happening right there. Yeah, I mean, unless they're going to be able to prove origin of when this uh, first ten seconds was actually used, it's going to be difficult to to really get anything. If, if it were me, maybe what I would do is just say, "Hey, you only used the first ten seconds of my song, which is like one, like for a, a normal number, let's say one tenth of the of the song." Just as a normal, as just a random number, and uh, your song was one of ten songs on the album. So give me one percent of your album sales. <laughs> Maybe ain't gonna happen. Ain't gonna happen. <laughs> WWE is so not gonna help these yeah. guys out. The worst that'll happen is John Cena will have a new entrance theme when he comes back. Yeah, if anything. Well, what he should do is go back to his original one, which I think is still better than this. Yeah, it was original, original. Basic Thugonomics was a good song. Yeah, it was. And like I said, I mean, you heard me say it on the old show, and you're going to hear me say it again. Tina's album is really good. It is. <laughs> it's really good. It, and every track is solid. It's not like some CDs where you get three good tracks and the rest is shit. All the, all the tracks are good. And like I said, his cousin Trademark, has a lot of talent in this business. I don't know why they're not making another album. That's why MOP is so mad, because John Cena's album outsold every album they ever heard. <laughs> I've I never heard of That's it, it, man. That's it. I've never heard of them either, but now yeah. they're apparently a household name because of this this lawsuit, or at least they're going to be. This is... Uh, don't even get me started. This is hilarious. <laughs> well, do we want to move on to the mixed martial arts debut of Bobby Lashley coming up? Yeah, you know what? I, I think that's uh, a good little topic to uh, to go on. I don't know. To me, all of the uh, all the juice is going to uh, show off, and and it's it's going to show that he you you, you might think that he had uh, air blown into his arms to make it look like he was bigger than he really was, like those those uh, strong men. Where they, you can get those Halloween outfits. Hey, we're we're on the Halloween show here. I mean, are we and talking? Are we talking Bobby Lashley? Bobby Lashley, yeah. Like well, all, the fact that he has so little strength because it, it it's all looks. The juice has given him all looks, but not legitimate strength. I don't think. Well, you know, there was a time that yeah. I mean, obviously, the last match we saw him in with John Cena uh, from the Great American Bash a year ago was um, I mean, obviously he was noticeably on the gas. I mean, guys just don't get that big, right? But uh, after his injury and he got off the juice, he looked kind of like Shelton Benjamin. Yeah. Because he wasn't doing anything. But apparently, he is going to be making his MMA debut on Saturday, December 13th uh, at the American Airlines Arena for the Mixed Fight Alliance There Will Be Blood. 
Apparently, this is in Miami, Florida. Lashley's opponent for the event has yet to be announced. Pretty sure that it's not going to be Heath Herring or Frank Mir. No. Um, so we'll we'll see what Lashley actually has to uh, has to offer. I think it it looks interesting. He, he has signed a contract with uh, the American Fight League. So I'm actually curious to see how well he does. Is it going to be like a Brock Lesnar thing where he loses his first fight? Uh, is he going to be victorious? I mean, it, it just seems to me like the goal that I know he had he had said he wanted to do was. Uh, get into a match with Brock Lesnar at some point in MMA. So, I mean, it could happen. I mean, hell, for all I know, Brock Lesnar could uh, could become the, the champion in the next pay-per-view. Yeah, November 15th against uh, Randy Couture and uh, UFC promoting it as the biggest fight in the history of the company. I don't necessarily know if I agree with that. Well, I don't, and I don't. And here's the reason, because Brock Lesnar, this is what his fourth fight yeah. he'll be going into, and he's only won one fight, and his fourth fight, he's getting an automatic title match for the heavyweight championship. Um, I don't know, maybe there's a problem with, with my logic here, but <laughs> a guy that's been a wrestler, a pro wrestler, and was a big deal in pro wrestling, who loses his first fight, um, and actually gets a decision in his second fight. Something wrong with that to me. It just doesn't seem like he's the type of guy that should be getting a title shot. It should be a, a veteran who's earned his spot. Well, yeah, I, th- I think it's just because he's getting a lot of mainstream attention, and people know him from his uh, college results and his WWE career. And it's a case where they're going to ride this train as long as it'll ride for them because everybody's gotten very excited about Brock Lesnar and, and what he's been doing recently. And it's... It's not a case of of the fact that he's well known to uh, to people outside of the fighting world, but obviously Dana White's trying to take advantage of the wrestling fans who would support Brock Lesnar in in something like this and say, "Hey, he used to be in WWE. Let's see how he does in real fighting." And I don't know if it's the biggest fight in the history of the company, if it's going to be a, a game changer, but. It should be very interesting. I'll, I will definitely be watching, and uh, I'll be very interested to see the result uh, one way or the other, really. No, nope, I totally agree. I want to I switch gears for just a second. Uh, speaking of, we, we touched earlier on the lawsuit that's going on with the MOP yeah. and uh, WWE. Um, speaking of lawsuits, the WWE recently won its lawsuits over the AWA trademark infringements over, what was his name? Dale Gagne for the use of the American Wrestling Association logo. And so after many weeks, uh, the W requested a summary judgment in the case, and he basically failed to follow the instructions. Uh, Judge Andy Montgomery sided with the WWE and effectively ended the lawsuit. So it's official. Uh, Dale Gagne has lost all rights to American Wrestling Association. Congratulations, WWE. Yeah, and I mean, considering the number of DVDs that Greg Gagne has done, it, <laughs> I think he was pretty much uh, limited to that point already and, and pretty much knew this was going to be the result. Yeah, but I mean, Dale Gagne wasn't even, actually his name is Gagner, but he was pronouncing his name Gagne. Yeah. not even related to the Gagnes in any way. So I don't even understand how he even got the rights to AWA in the first place. It's just, yeah. So you know what? Justice prevailed there. Well, yeah, uh, t- WWE could be 2-0 and in, uh, in lawsuits here pretty darn quick. And then, I don't know, if 
they could steal Sunday Night Showdown tomorrow, and I don't know. Uh, I don't think I'd want to sue them anyway. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I, I don't have the I don't have a leg to stand on if I try to throw them tomorrow. But hey, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, if they steal your material, just let it be stolen. Basically, I think is is the is the answer to that one. But uh, yeah, it's it's been a very interesting situation, and obviously, uh, I don't think Vince's lawyers take take a whole lot of vacations because they they are very busy with with WWE related related topics and. Uh, it's it's a it's a very interesting situation, and like I said, their legal department probably doesn't take a lot of vacations. Probably not. Uh, getting back to the news of the week, um, I don't know if you heard this or not, but WWE has hired another third generation star in the making, um, Taylor Rotunda, who is the grandson of Blackjack Mulligan and the son of Mike Rotunda, who was also known as Erwin R. Scheisser, yep. has signed a developmental deal with the WWE. Now, it's cool. Look at all the third-generation guys that they're going to have in the business. Joe Hinnick yep. is basically training right now to become a professional yep. wrestler. He's in Florida. We've actually seen him uh, job out a couple times on various shows. He's seen him Raw a couple times. Oh, okay. Um, we've got Harry Smith, who... He's a third-generation wrestler. Maybe one day they'll actually put him on TV again. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Ted DiBiase Jr., also a third-generation wrestler. Um, apparently, they've decided to make him a second-generation wrestler. But when your grandparents, your grandmother and your grandfather were both wrestlers, and your father was a wrestler as well, it kind of makes you a third-generation wrestler. So it kind of bothers me when I hear JR, but he's a second-generation wrestler. And well, just shut the fuck up, JR. We know. We know what he is, and we don't need you to tell the cattle that don't know <laughs> what's going on, because that yeah. really irritates me. Um, so, yeah, we've got a third-generation stable that's, well, a stable, in my mind, uh, of wrestlers that are coming out, not an actual stable in the WWE, but you see what I'm saying, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. So that's kind of interesting. Well, and we were talking about it before we uh, went on air regarding the whole second-generation issue, and I mean, Cody Rhodes and Ted DiBiase Jr. certainly have a certain persona that they're trying to accomplish. And I mean, to me, they would, they should really be, when they're not wrestling, although that doesn't seem to be happening very often on, on Monday nights, to me, they should be coming out in suits and ties and, and doing the real uh, thing that Jericho's doing where he's an absolute professional outside of the, outside of the ring and that they want to have this per- persona of, of being these, these tough young guys who really know how to how to act and how to dress and, and how to behave. And then I think Joe Henning would be a perfect part of that group. And really, Manu doesn't really fit that mold. But at the same time, on the other side of the coin, you've already got Umaga. You've already got Samoa Joe doing what he was supposed to, what he's doing and was supposed to be Umaga if he had joined World Wrestling Entertainment. But I guess Manu can only really go there because... Obviously, they feel he's ready to be at that level, but at the same time, they can't make him Umaga's twin brother. <laughs> yeah, but all they've really, done with him is make him a bodyguard, sort of, Yeah, these two guys. So it, but he doesn't really fit in the image with Cody Rhodes and, and what Cody Rhodes and Ted DiBiase Jr. are trying to do. Well, he doesn't fit the image is absolutely correct. You've got two guys that Ted DiBiase is actually pretty well built, and you've got Cody Rhodes, who's scrawny as the day is long, and then you've got Manu, who's almost Jabba the Hutt size. So they really don't they don't mesh well together. 
It just doesn't work. You're right. They should be out in suits and ties. Ted should be flaunting his wealth. Yep. You know, Cody should be flaunting his heritage. I mean, the whole purpose of this group is to be like, yeah, you know, we don't have to pay our dues. We're, we're yeah, where did that go? That disappeared. Dis- yeah, you're right. It did disappear. Yeah, we're, we're t- when you're this talented, you don't have to pay dues. That's the one good thing I've heard from Cody Rhodes. And, I mean, you know what? That's an angle that, that can make sense. We're so much further ahead that, that everybody else that's premiered, like, for example, The Rock, uh, uh, Bret Hart, um, well, Harry Smith in this case, where we don't have to we don't have to do anything down at the lower level and work our way up and work our way up. We're talented at this point enough that we should be at this higher level, even though we're just premiering now. And like I said, that just disappeared, and that was a silly thing for 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 it to disappear. And on Monday, they lost their tag team titles. True enough. CM Punk and Kofi Kingston. Which is funny. That was supposed to be the match that you, the fans, the WWE cattle, yeah. that they would like to refer to you as, uh, you know, were supposed to text message in. So I just found that funny that, you know, here CM Punk is, you know, in this, this tag team feud with, with um, DiBiase and Rhodes, and they weren't even on the pay-per-view. Yeah. So they had to put it on Monday night, which I thought was hilarious. But Well, I think that further proves that they stuck to the, uh, they stuck to the voting. Because they must have, like, I, I just, I can't, and it, it's still, like, I can't even wrap my mind around the fact that the Honky Tonk Man got 35% of the vote, and Rowdy Roddy Piper got 34. Yep. That kills me. I don't understand the concept of that. It should have been, honestly, you people should have all voted for the Honky Tonk Man, because that was the whole point. Yeah, I exactly. think somebody voted for Goldust. I mean, well, thirty-one percent voted for Goldust. Let's buck the establishment and vote for Goldust. You know, I mean, yeah, that would have been funny. It was thirty-five to thirty-four to thirty-one, and I mean, when you look at the tag team perspective, really, uh, all you were voting for and all you were spending your ninety-nine cents on was to decide what order it was going to happen in. Because Kofi and Punk were going to take the belts, and Crime Time and. Uh, <clears throat> Miz and Morrison were going to have their uh, their final match, but you were basically doing the order. You decided that that uh, Crime Time versus Miz and Morrison was going to be Sunday, and Punk Kingston versus Priceless was going to be Monday. Or you voted that the tag title change would be on Monday, and Crime Time versus Miz and Morrison or on Sunday, and Crime Time and Miz and Morrison would be on Monday. So really, they were going to have both matches on TV, which is a question of what order it was, which kind of further. Ruins the idea of of spending money to vote. No, I agree. But um, when we look back at Monday night here, pretty interesting show. Uh, Charlie Haas, <laughs> and you know what, Santino and Beth Phoenix sold this really well. It's like, what's going on? Why is my music playing? I'm already out here. And then Charlie Haas shows up as uh, the Glamazon Beth Phoenix. You know, unfortunately, I actually missed that part of Raw. Oh, oh, man. I have not been able to catch the replay. I actually had some stuff going on Monday night, and I didn't realize that he oh, came out as the Glamazon. It's hilarious. It is really, really funny. Wow. And uh, you should definitely check that out. But it was, yeah, it was really, really well done. And, of course, we had uh, Miz and Morrison come out and say that uh, they're going to face D-Generation X this coming Monday on a three-hour Raw special this Monday night. Yes, I, I love the trademark words from these guys. Are you 50? <laughs> and then they had two words for us. Be jealous. 
Wow. Harmony looked at me and she goes, somebody cancel their promo time. It's up. Be jealous. Be jealous. That's yeah. the best they come up with. Be jealous. Well, you know what? I think it works. I think it's uh, a great line. I think it's a great line because it's like, hey, you're not as good as we are. And I mean, you know what? If them and Priceless work together, although they're on separate shows, I mean, that would work well. Yeah, but you know what? It doesn't really matter that they're separate shows. Everybody's still on everybody's show. Yeah. Like, for example, Evan Bourne, who is the biggest star in ECW, um, is on Raw practically every week now. Unfortunately, and I'm kind of segueing, unfortunately, uh, at the ECW, or was it the, yeah, it was the ECW tapings this week, uh, apparently he suffered a broken ankle. They think he might have torn some ligaments in his ankle. And it's looking like he's going to be out for maybe four to five months, which, yes. which is a huge disappointment uh, for a lot of ECW fans. My, myself, uh, I think that Matt Seidel, Evan Bourne, is great. Um, I really have enjoyed the push that he's been getting. I think he's very talented. I've said this many times. He is the WWE's version of a young AJ Styles. And I think that uh, he's going to have a big, a big future in this business. He's going to be a huge star. And it sucks that he just got hurt, and uh, I look for his push to continue when he comes back. Yeah. And, of course, Miz and Morrison followed up on uh, on a live edition of the Dirt Sheet Tuesday night on ECW, introducing their, their special guest uh, impersonators of Degeneration X, where uh, apparently the guy who uh, had Hunter Hearst Helmsley's uh, uh, act had a nose about four feet out, so it was pretty funny. So, yeah, what do you think of the whole Miz and Morrison deal and the dirt sheet and all that fun stuff? You know, I really enjoy the dirt sheet. I think it's hilarious. I think these guys really mesh well together, um, and I'm just really enjoying the, the comedic stuff that they're doing. And I love the fact that they impersonated DX, or they had somebody impersonate. It reminds me of back in 1998, and wow, I feel really old, <laughs> 10, 10 years ago. Uh, back when the Nation and DX were having their feud, and Triple H, you know, was dressed up as the Croc, and X-Pac was Mark Henry. Yeah, oh yeah. You know, and Billy Gunn was the Godfather. <laughs> and Rhodey was D-Lo. Yeah. Oh, there was one classic clip from that. From that uh, Mark Henry, I just want to know, how do you get the text to go all the way to your back? <laughs> <laughs> The brother wants to know, how do you pick the other way in the back? Yeah, Road Dog repeating everything that was said was funny. That was hilarious. Or when Triple H was like, the cross just came from the bathroom, and I'm not faking. You should have smelled that the brother was baking. The brother was baking. The brother was baking. <laughs> he was baking. He was baking. That was hilarious. Oh, that was some good stuff. Oh, man. Um, Back even when they had Jason, uh, Jason Sensation. Jason you know, Sensation, yeah. The whole Owen Hart thing, you know? Yep. Unfortunately, I dressed up like a road sign. What the hell is wrong with me? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, oh. if it hadn't been for what happened, obviously, I think the whole Jason Sensation Owen Hart thing would have continued on quite a long for a lot longer. Jason Sensation from Toronto, and uh, yeah, uh, oh man, very very classic time in, in the history of the business. Uh, yeah, so Charlie Haas and Santino Morello went to a no contest because all three of the guys once again a, a, another ten second match where the Honky Tonk Man, Rowdy Roddy Piper, and Goldust all kind of sent, surrounded Santino in the ring and beat him up. So This happened again? Yeah, well, the thing was, was that Big 
fucking cluster, and that's what happened. So I already see where this is going. I already see where they're they're taking this. In my estimation, it looks like what they're going to do is it's Survivor Series. It's going to be Goldust, the Honky Tonk Man, and Charlie. Oh Hall. God! And <laughs> and Rowdy Roddy against four versus, other people. Yeah, versus Santino, Beth Phoenix, and whoever the hell else Santino can get to side with him. Yeah, probably. That's exactly where that's going. And you know what? That'll be fun. That'll be hilarious. Yeah. That's a good... That's, that's what I like about the Survivor Series. I love the classic, uh, whether it's four on four or five on five, I, I love the classic Survivor Series match that they used to have Yeah. every Survivor Series. So hopefully we kind of get back into that that whole mode of doing things. Right, yeah. And we're only about three weeks away, so obviously more and more will be announced as we go on. Uh, Ray Mysterio over Evan Bourne, very entertaining contest. You know what? That was a really good match. Uh, I know Harmony was looking at me and she's like, it's going to be a spot fest. And I'm like, you know what? It was a spot fest, but there was a lot of reversals. Yeah. I mean, it really, even though Ray Mysterio did get the win over Evan Bourne, he really put Evan Bourne over. He kind of took him to another level. And so, like I said, it, it's good for Evan Bourne. It sucks, unfortunately, that, that he's going to be out of action for the next couple of months and yeah. probably won't be back till around Mania. That sucks, but at the same time, when he does come back, I mean, he's got that he's got that victory, or he's got that loss, but he, he's got the push coming back to him when he, when he does show up. Yeah. Kelly Kelly, Candice Michelle, and Nikki James over Jillian Hall, Layla, and Katie Lee. Uh, they're trying to make Katie Lee, uh, Kelly Kelly into a wrestler. And, now, this and is I a bathroom feel, break, I think. Yeah, I feel mm-hmm. bad for the female heels who have to sell Kelly Kelly's moves, because she can't She's just not a worker. I mean, obviously they've decided that all these models and and, uh, and all the females are going to have to learn to wrestle, and which five or six years ago wasn't the case. Well, here's the concept. Hire women that can wrestle and push them. You know, uh, I've yet to see Natalia Neidhart really get a decent push in that company. And yeah. she's one of the few, along with Victoria, along with Beth Phoenix. Uh, Peanut butter jelly time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I'm just... I'm getting tired of seeing the women misused when you push a girl like Kelly Kelly. And I know that there's colleagues of mine and, and people out there that think Kelly Kelly is just the greatest thing since sliced bread. I don't see it. The girl's got no shape to her body whatsoever. She's like a stick with boobs. Yeah. And the boobs aren't even that big. So, like, right. she has no feminine shape. She's not that hot. I, I don't get it. I mean, she's doing us a favor by not posing in Playboy. I mean, if I wanted to look at, a, at Kelly Kelly naked, I'd go look at a 10-year-old schoolboy. I mean, that's pretty, oh, God. Much, that's pretty much what her body looks like to me. She just does not, you know, I, I don't see it with her. And Harmony's the same way. We, we don't understand why she is the latest diva to get the push. Yeah. I just don't get it. Yeah, I don't either. I don't either. And like I said, Katie Lee and Victoria and, and all these, Jillian Hall, all these heel females who can all wrestle, Beth Phoenix, Having to sell all this, like I mean, having to sell all this shit from the the faces who can't do much now. Uh, Candice Michelle can wrestle. Oh, you know what? She can't anymore. Since she's come back, she sucks worse than a Hoover. Oh, she boy. is not good in the ring. She misses spot after spot. She was doing well before she got injured, but ever since she's come back from this injury, it's not ring rust. It's just that I don't know if she's scared to work. I don't know what her problem. That is. probably is a big part of it. She yeah. cannot perform in the ring the way that she used to. Yeah. Not that she was great before, but she was much better than she is now. Yeah. And again, we don't need fitness models or porno stars to come into wrestling and try to be a wrestler 
when they can't do it. Yeah. Let's push the women that actually can. You know? Yeah, I agree. And like I said, all, the only wrestlers who uh, oh, who can oh, wrestle Dave, are the Dave, are the heels. Hold on, I gotta stop you there. Uh oh, we're not calling them wrestlers. Uh oh, entertainers. Darn it! I caught myself. It's entertainers. The only entertainers that can entertain are the heel entertainers. That's right. For females, because the face entertainers aren't all that well. <laughs> Although, I, yeah, if, if I were in, if I were Candice Michelle, I would be in the entertainment ring. Uh, quite often between now and next Monday night, and just just to get her her timing back, just maybe work some out with something out with some uh, another girl who can wrestle oh, and oh, uh, who can entertain entertain. And um, if like I said, if it is a fear of being back in the ring, that's a big that's a big issue. Just have kind of. Uh, Exhibition matches and just in the in the workout room and just execute a full match from beginning to end and maybe not hit as hard just to be safe but just get the timing back hitting the ropes back and forth and and stuff like that I think that I don't think with all the personal appearances and stuff these girls have to make they're not spending enough time in the the entertainment ring to become more entertaining entertainers. I don't know. I'm just still getting my head wrapped around this whole entertainment thing. Yeah, not sports entertainment, ladies and gentlemen. No, it's it's entertainment. Right. And uh, well, speaking of more of the women uh, on on SmackDown on Friday night, because we all know everybody was instead of being out for Halloween, everybody was sitting at home watching SmackDown. Uh, Michelle McCool, Maria, and someone named Brie Bella defeated Victoria, Maurice, and Natalia. And like I said, of the six in 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 this match, only two can wrestle, and they were both on the losing side. Yeah, Brie Bella is one of the Bella Twins, so I don't know if you know the gimmick going on with the Bella Twins. One is under the ring at all times, and they switch out all the time. Oh, okay. And I haven't seen that. Yeah, they, they are... I don't even know why they're even in entertainment. Oh, so they're actual twins? They are actual oh, okay. twins, yes. And they're called the Bella Twins, apparently. Well, we've been talking about women for way too long. <coughs> well, no, wait, speaking of women, speaking of women, one of the divas has undergone a name change. Who? Uh, former um, Diva Search winner Layla L. has now changed her name to Layla London. Okay. Think about it. She's with Regal. London. Oh, okay. So Layla is now Layla London. Exactly. She's LL instead of LEL. <laughs> oh no! She's now triple L L L. No, she was Layla L E L, so she was L E L. Oh, okay. Stick with the times, man. <laughs> no, you're divas. I mean, come well, on. I, 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 I don't even know. Supposed to be a wrestling journalist. It's, I'm an entertainment journalist. <laughs> <laughs> There's no such damn thing as a wrestling journalist. There is not no anymore. Wrestling. Not anymore. Only you actually crossed the line. Yeah. Speaking of uh, speaking of the brand split not meaning anything, the Hardys and Rey Mysterio. So Rey Mysterio from Raw, Matt Hardy from ECW, and Jeff Hardy from uh, SmackDown defeated Kane from Raw, Mark Henry from ECW, and MVP from SmackDown this past Friday night on uh, on Friday Night SmackDown. So it so much for that uh, that. 
elaborate draft that created this brand split where guys would never see each other again until the next possible draft brand split. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Vladimir Kozlov saying that he should have gotten the title shot, and uh, he, he wants Triple H next. I guess that makes sense. And uh, we'll get him. Yep. At Survivor Series, we will have a new WWE champion. His name will be Vladimir Kozlov, who has absolutely no personality. I missed the day when he was like, I love the WWE. Like, what happened to that? Yeah. Like, you know, he should have the personality, but obviously he can't since he's a heel, and that would be entertaining. Yeah. Here on the air show. show. No, of course not. Mean. Exactly. I mean, the show. And just, I, I kind of want to get into something with Booker T. I don't know if you, if you heard about this, but uh, apparently, uh, this this past week, Booker and uh, an associate, a friend of his, went to this restaurant. Now, the restaurant, I believe, is called uh, Vito's Deck House. And I'm pretty sure. Oh, it's in Webster, Texas. I thought it was in Houston. So Webster must be on the outskirts of Houston. Uh, apparently, they went into this restaurant, and the management approached Booker's friend and said that uh, they wanted him to adjust his necklace where it was under his shirt. He had like a, a crucifix necklace, mm-hmm. like a chain with a cross. And they basically said that it uh, conflicted with their, with their dress code in the restaurant. So Booker actually asked to see a copy of this policy, and they could not produce the policy to him. So, uh, because of this, Booker had, I, from what I last heard on the 29th, was planning a uh, boycott of Vito's. <laughs> so, he was asking all the uh, PWA fans in Houston to join him for that. So, I just thought that was interesting that uh, that Booker would make such a fuss over that. Well, yeah. It's, it's, I don't know why a restaurant would have uh, not allow certain people to walk into a re- with it, with a certain religious symbol, I mean, would they block a Muslim from walk lady from walking in with a hijab? I mean, it's, I mean, think about how big of a controversy that could end up being. Well, you know, so. at least he stood up for his person in the right. Absolutely, I yeah. totally understand where he was going with that, but I don't know. I just uh, I don't understand why they couldn't produce the policy uh, that this was supposedly taken from to him. It just seems like it might have been. I don't know, maybe some racism involved in, in this situation. So, at any rate, ladies and gentlemen, if you're in Webster, Texas, say no to Vito's. I'm going to help Booker boycott Vito's Deckhouse. <laughs> Vito's Deckhouse is going down. Yeah, the next time I'm in Webster, Texas, which will be the first time, I will deliberately not go into Vito's restaurant. Or the last time, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> have you been to Webster, Texas? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. But I have been to Texas. You know, I used to live there. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't survive in Texas? Uh, probably not. <laughs> you know, you're used to the cold weather up here. Yeah. Yeah, probably 120 in the shade is something I, I probably wouldn't be that, that ready for, I don't think. Yeah, you wouldn't be. <laughs> um, we we move on. We go from topic to topic to topic, which is absolutely what we're going to be doing from now on. Uh just for the podcast. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Well, like I said, our podcasts are going to last anywhere from thirty minutes to an hour. Yeah. Depending um, on how much stuff is going on that week. Exactly. All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up here real quick because uh, we know things are going to be changing here at the Jackson Household very, very quickly. We're doing the the Halloween episode. Jeff, what's the scariest thing you've ever seen in in the entertainment business? The scariest thing I've ever seen in the entertainment business. <laughs> um, 
the scariest movie I have ever seen, I think, was um, um, geez, what was that movie? It had Shaq in it. Kazam. Kazam. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. Because I mean, really, have you seen Shaq act? Scary. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Oh, you're being serious. Um, <laughs> I I think the number one candidate, the scariest thing I've ever seen in wrestling is uh, is uh, Snitsky's teeth. Oh boy, that's or Isaac Yankum's teeth. That's or <laughs> but, uh, but or Isaac Yankum's teeth. That's right. If you want to go into entertainment, like as far as movies are concerned and, and other things, I remember watching the the Strangers the other night on DVD, and Harmony thinks it's the scariest movie she's ever seen, but. I don't necessarily agree. I mean, granted, it was kind of creepy in parts and kind of morbid, but I don't know that it was the scariest thing I've ever seen. And I, I didn't have an answer for her when she asked me that. I mean, yeah. I've seen a lot of things, and I don't really yeah. scare very easy. Yeah. I mean, we went to Spring Fest, which is down at Canada Olympic Park, and uh, ravenous Randy Myers was, you know, carrying a chainsaw around and, like, scaring the hell out of people, and I just looked at him and laughed. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, if I'm not scared, I mean, I yeah. don't know. I mean, I guess the only thing in wrestling that really scares in entertainment that would scare me would be, um, I don't know, watching Mark Henry wrestle. I, you I know what? Kind of scary. I, I think the things that, that tried to be the scariest things in wrestling were uh, those old Halloween Havoc promos. Spin the wheel, make the deal. And they were more cheesy than scary. <laughs> well, they tried to be scary. I remember the one year, I don't know if it was 92 or 93, the intro to the show had these kids going to the door trick-or-treating, and Tony Schiavone answers the door as a vampire. You know, and then, like, they had this monster coming out of him, like, he changed into a werewolf or some shit. Uh, <laughs> it was, well, wasn't there some, something it was between... the cheesiest fucking thing I've ever seen, Dave. Wasn't was there a thing between Sting and Vader one time where uh, Sting had to go to the House of Horrors, or... It was something crazy like that. Yeah, Sting and... Uh, I think it was for Halloween Havoc because, yeah, that was always kind of promoted as the scarier thing that was going on. And uh, Sting and Big Van Vader had this feud going, and, and Sting had to uh, go to Vader's House of Horrors or, or something like that. You, you'll remember this. You're an old WCW fan. Oh, you know, I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's funny you bring that up because every time I think of it, I think of Harold and Seymour go to White Castle. <laughs> it, was, it was Sting and Vader in the White Castle of there you go, the White Castle here. Like, I know that was just, it's just the tedious stuff. I mean, WCW was just really yeah. bad about that. The trying to be scary when it wasn't scary. <laughs> it will be Vader time, that's right. Um, yeah, the, uh, the those old cheesy promos from the early 90s were just, they were just too scary for words at that time. Like, it, like I could, the Beach Blast promo with the... Uh, the with Sting and the British Bulldog. Cheat <laughs> on the evil midget. Cheat on the evil midget. That's right. the Vader Blow up the boat. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, what about uh, the movie that the Kane was in? What was that called? And how was that? Was that scary? You know what? It, it kind of was. I mean, it was you know your typical slasher stalker film. I wouldn't say it was scary. Um, it was kind of cool. I don't know. Probably the scariest thing I've seen movie-wise from WWE would be The Condemned. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about off. the Marine there for a second. Yeah, the Marine was actually 
probably the best movie they've put out. Yeah, honestly. That changed me to say, because I fucking hate John Cena. They kidnapped my wife. Now I'm going to destroy them. Yeah, like, they kidnapped his wife. The story is cheesy, but, you know, I mean, it's got a, it's got a cast of good actors. I have to admit, there was quite a few of them that had a lot of comic relief. Yeah. Robert Patrick, I just love him as a bad guy. I think he's great. Every yeah. Terminator 2. Um, so, I mean, the cast was good enough. I just, uh, you got you got me thinking all these WCW gimmicks. Remember when Sting partnered up with Robocop? Yeah. Oh, yeah. How cheesy was that? Yeah, it wasn't. Black Scorpion. It wasn't scary. That was. I am the Black Scorpion. I'm coming for your soul, Sting. It turned out it was Ric Flair. And that wasn't scary either. No. You know what? The one thing from kind of that demonic point of view, and I still think it's the greatest entrance in the history of the business, is is the brood. Edge Christian, Edge Christian and Gangrel's entrance with the fire and them coming up off the platform and stuff. Like I said, that was in that that area of the kind of apocalyptic, occultish type area. And like I said, to this day, it's still one of the best, if not the best entrances, and although most elaborate entrances I've ever seen. You know, I, uh, I honestly don't know what happened with the WWE Grill, but uh, Vampire Warrior. I enjoyed his gimmick. Um, yep. I thought he was a good wrestler. And I guess not a gimmick winner if he was in the business. But, I, I, I think we should just call it wrestling from now on. Oh, but no, it's entertainment. <laughs> it's no longer sports entertainment. It's no longer wrestling. It's entertainment. World Entertainment Entertainment. That's right. Whee! But yeah, I like no, that. <laughs> <laughs> Without the spelling, but at least the pronunciation. But uh, yeah, like I said, Vampire Warrior, Gangrel, and I mean, yeah, he was Halloween 24-7, and uh, he did some good stuff. I mean, if, he, if you're going to marry Luna Vachon, you've got to have a bit of an occultish type point of view to begin with. <laughs> Uh, you, yeah, I want to join the Bashan family. <laughs> oh, God, yes. All Canadians, by the way. Oh, of course. The whole Vampiro Sting thing, like, that was great. I mean, Vampiro, another Canadian. Uh, I'm not sure. I think he's down in Mexico right now. Mexico or Japan. But the whole Vampiro Sting things were awesome. Really, really well done. I just had a flash. You know what's the scariest thing? I'd ever seen was, and I just remembered what it was, Dave. All right. Back in WCW in '95, I believe it was the original Dungeon of Doom. Yes. Consisting of Kevin Sullivan <laughs> and his rock-like father thing that he would talk to in the cave when he yeah. was Yeti. Yeah. And they had all those cheesy-ass gimmicks. Yep. And Kevin Sullivan was basically father. <laughs> what are we gonna do about old Hogan, father? <laughs> And this thing would talk to him, going out of the walls. <laughs> <laughs> that was the scariest thing I've ever seen in wrestling. Show. Yeah. Damn, that was awful. Yeah, I didn't have TBS back then, so I, uh, yeah, I mean, I, what I've been download illegally downloading lately has been, uh, no, not at all, but, uh, what I've been downloading lately has been the, uh, kind of, 97, 90, like the last two or three years before the death of WCW, just to see how it happened. It's like, wow, they really screwed that up, and then they really screwed that up, and just kind of see it in real time as to what happened. But the stuff I really want to get uh, is, and I mean, this might sound pretty silly, but 
I want to get pre NWO WCW, like '94, '95, '96 stuff, where like this whole Dungeon of Doom thing and the uh, the like all that really cheesy '90s stuff that the, like the, like we were mentioning with those other things, like the uh, the blowing up of the boat and the uh, you know what, though, and the White Castle of Fear and all that other stuff. I'd love to see that the original early stuff. WCW stuff from the early '90s. I think is probably best era for them because honestly they had they did have some cheesy gimmicks but they had really solid wrestling yeah and that was the point back when Saturday Night's main event was the, the premiere show for them and it was their main event show that was oh you, you mean WCW Saturday Night yeah okay because you said Saturday Night's main event well, you're going to say that's w- something you're going to say that's WWE so absolutely correct you're yeah, <laughs> right you're correct you know, something like I, had in my I finally beat him yes yeah, we victory. It's a million. To, it's a million to one now. One. <laughs> no more for you, Dave. It's one. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, WCW Saturday Night on uh, on the Superstation. Back when back when Vader was the man, and he yep. killed three or four jobbers in one match. Yeah, and he had some classics with Cactus Jack back then. Yep. And that's why. That's how he got his ear took off. You know. Exactly. Well, yeah, that was. <coughs> but yeah, that. Yeah, they had, they, huge, they had a classic feud, those two guys, definitely. And of course, another scary thing was, like we talked about it on the last show, Shark brought it up about the uh, about the uh, the match where, uh, it was that cage match where Abdul of the Butcher got uh, electrocuted. Yes, the Chamber of Horrors. Mm-hmm. There you go. A match featuring Scott Hall and the Diamond Stud. Yes. Cactus Jack and Sting, the Steiner Brothers. Abdul and the Butcher. A couple people that escaped me. Fudge. Yeah. Off the top of my head, I don't remember. I just remember how awful that match was. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't want to just pick on WCW. Yeah. Um, I could think of like a hundred things in WWF that were just cheesy, god-awful, and why did you put them on TV? Like, you know, gimmicks like Manpar. Yeah. Man, Manpar. That was scary. Well, it was awful. <laughs> I can remember um, Bastion Booger, which to this day still gives me nightmares. <laughs> that is grotesque. And like I said, we saw some of his stuff. I came by here last week, and Mike, like it, you have to be in this area of of, of the world. But Mike Shaw was a fucking badass. He, he Mike Shaw as Bastion Booger. Yeah, was like I think Mike Myers' inspiration. The fat bastard. Because <laughs> their mannerisms are the same. They're always eating. The fat bastards. I mean, it just, I think that's exactly where that came from. Right. All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up here. It's the first uh, podcast edition of Sunday Night Showdown. We will be at the bar on the day of Genesis, I believe, November 9th. Oh, uh, turning Turning. Well, whatever they decide to call oh, it. See, now. I got mine back. There, there you go. You got it. <laughs> they changed the names of, like, the uh, November, December, and January shows. They rotated the names for some reason. All right, so we will see you then. And obviously, between then and Survivor Series, we'll have something else. We'll also have the, I guess, the <coughs> podcast edition officially will be uh, us going over the ROH event on the 14th. And then, of course, Survivor Series. And then. Looking ahead to the road to WrestleMania, because it always starts in Survivor Series, so we'll see what happens then. Absolutely. So on behalf of Internet Dave, I am Mr. Mini on the mic, JJ Sexay, and uh, Mike Shaw just called me and says, Get in my belly! 
I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld in tears for my monster from his slab began to rise and suddenly to my surprise he did the monster match it was a graveyard smash it was on in a flash he did the monster match and I love Macari in the car seat in the master bedroom with a vampire feast the fools all came from their humble abode to catch the jolt from my electrode they did the monster match it was a graveyard smash it caught on in a flash it did the monster match zombies were having fun the party had just begun the guests included Wolfman Dracula and his son the scene was rocking they were digging the sounds he got on chain back by his vain house often bangers were about to arrive with their vocal group the crypt kicker tried they played the monster match and it was a graveyard smash it's caught on in a flash they played the monster match out from his coffin tracks voice did ring seems he was troubled by just one thing opened the lid and shook his fist and said whatever happened to my Pennsylvania kiss it's now a match it's now the monster match it's now a graveyard smash it's caught on in a flash it's now the monster match now everything's cool, Drax a part of the band. And my monster mash was the hit of the land. For you, the living, the smash was them too. When you get to my door, tell them all is sent. And you can monster mash. And do my graveyard smash. You'll catch on with a flash. Then you can monster mash. Oh, 